is the Big Church Podcast. Good morning. How are everybody doing? Gosh, y'all look good today. Now that the lights are up. Um, this morning, we just want to say, I started to say this is Baptism Sunday, but that's next week. Come on. Who's excited about Baptism Sunday? That's next week. And we are so excited because that's one of our favorite Sundays, as Pastor Mindy's already said. But, you know, I wanted to kind of tell you a lot of times... Uh, we're going to start a growth track after the first of the year. We're going to kind of help people understand like what everything is. What is baptism and what is communion and, and what, is, what is the Holy Ghost or who is the Holy Ghost? We want everybody to kind of understand some of those things. So this morning, a week ahead of bapti- baptisms, I wanted to bring to you a message about baptism. The title of this message is this, Baptism, Should I or Not? You know, we ask the question, should we be baptized after salvation? And, and, you know, is baptism really that important? And, you know, here's the question that people ask a lot of times, and I've asked myself this sometimes. Can you be baptized more than once? Well, I've been dunked seven, eight times in my life. I probably could need another seven or eight times for the grace of God. You know what I'm talking about. It doesn't really hurt to get that refreshing to go down and and maybe you've strayed away and maybe you've went your own way. You just need a refreshing. There is a fresh baptism that God wants to pour out on his people in these last days. And listen, let me tell you something. It has nothing to do with water. Oh, that's another whole message. Y'all need to wake up in here. has nothing to do with water. He's about to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And the water that we're going to do next week is the symbolization of, of people who've given their lives to God. But there's also a next step that he's about to do. He said, I'll pour my, flesh, my spirit upon all flesh. There's over 20. There's another uh, question people ask. Dunked or sprinkled? We're going to talk about that just for a minute. But over 20 verses in the Bible about water baptism. But the main one that I want to bring to you today was, it comes out of Matthew 3. It's the big event when Jesus himself was baptized. And Matthew 3.13 says this. And then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you and you are coming to me. Here's what happens. Baptism brings humility. John the Baptist had to let go of the pride. Why did he have to let go of the pride? Because you don't understand. It was John the Baptist's time. It was his ministry time. It was his big moment to come and and get the glory. There were crowds around him. There were hundreds of people coming to be baptized. and, And he could have said this. He could have said, you know what? I spent my whole life following after this, and now it's my time to take the microphone. It's my time to be on the platform. It's my time to be have my lights and my name up in lights. But John didn't do that. He could have said, it's my time. But instead of himself, he said to this. He said, behold, the Lamb of God who comes and takes away the sin of the world. He didn't put himself up on the pedestal. He knew who needed to be up on the pedestal. He said, I must decrease. I've got to take a back seat so that he can increase. This ain't about me. It's about somebody coming along. And he said earlier, I'm not even worthy to even carry his sandals. It was his time. But he pointed everything to Jesus. He said, I can imagine John saying, me? baptized you you know sometimes 
he looked at himself and he says, I'm really not worthy. Earlier in the verses, he said, I'm really not worthy to even carry his sandals. He said, Jesus, I'm not even worthy enough to touch you, much less baptize you. John was very humble. But sometimes we think that we are not good enough to do some of the things. Do you ever find yourself like John? Jesus, I'm unworthy of this and I'm unworthy of that. And Jesus, I can't handle that calling. And Jesus, it seems too great for me to do. And all the time we think we're being humble, but we're sitting on the sidelines in the back burner. And God said, I want you to move after. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of getting you where you need to go. I believe Jesus asked these questions today. He says, Mindy, if you don't go, no one will go. Alyssa, if you don't preach the gospel, then no one will. He's looking at us as the church and saying this, if you don't tell them about me, who will? You have a mandate to do what God's called us to do. Don't sit on, you got to remember this, we do not qualify ourselves, God qualifies us. If we qualified ourselves, let me tell you something, nothing would get done because we would live in regret, we would live in shame, we would live in the past, we would live on who we used to be, but we got to know that God qualifies us. Matthew 5, 13 says this, 3, 15 says this, but Jesus answered and said to them, permit it to be so, it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him to baptize him. Why do we get baptism? Because baptism is an outward sign of an inward obedience. Listen to this. Validation comes after obedience, not before. God wants to make your life valid. He wants to make you something. But listen, he's asking you to be obedient so you can get to that place where he can validate you. Well, number one, baptism is this. It's submission and obedience. He had to follow the plan. He had to go to the example. In the garden, you remember, he said, it's not my will, but it's your will. Jesus was our representative. Let's look at Philippians 2, 6, and 7. Who being in the form of God, Jesus came down in the form of God. He did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Listen, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. He identified with our humanness. He came down here to identify with our sin. Jesus didn't judge the people that he was getting in the water with. He just got in the water with them. Oh, that's better than you all are amen He didn't judge who was in the water. He jumped in the water with them. Aren't you so glad that God didn't look at you and say, I'm not getting in the water with them. Oh, aren't you glad that he looked at you and he didn't look at you and said, man, they've got a past or, or they're doing this or doing that. He jumped in the water with them. Can you imagine the people at that time didn't have a clue who was getting in the water with them? Let me just tell you something. He didn't judge them. He got in the water with them. He wasn't afraid of their mud. He's not afraid of your past. He's not afraid of what you did. He's not afraid of, of the things that maybe you're currently doing. He's not worried about your mess because he wants to get in the middle of your mess and help you make a, take a mess and make it a message. He wasn't afraid to get in the mud just like the prodigal son called out to him and he went back to the father. People were his purpose. All races, all ages, uh, Democrats and Republicans and Libertarians and whoever else, Italian, whatever out there. All races and walks of life. Jesus was all about us. 
Listen, he associated himself with sinners, but not sin. The Bible says to be in the world, but not of the world. He's in that process with you. He's in the water with you. He's in it when when you're in pain. He's in it when you're in the storms. But listen to what? Baptism is this. Dunked or sprinkled. Verse 16. I'm not staying very long on this one, but listen. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. Say, from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. I believe that baptism, this is me, is submersion in the water and coming up out of that water a new person. Listen, if you've been sprinkled when you were a child, or, or that, I'm not trying to bring condemnation. I just believe that it is a submersion. In, and we're following Jesus' example. That's what he did. Number three. Baptism identifies us with Jesus. Verse 17. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He identified him as his son. Maybe you've been rejected in your family. Maybe your family's dysfunctional. Maybe you've been adopted or you've been abandoned. But I got news for you today. You've been adopted into God's family. The Bible calls you, says you're a son and you're a daughter of the Most High. We need to start walking in who God's called us to be. We have to identify with Christ. You've got to remember who you are. 2 Corinthians 6.18 says, I will be a father to you. Maybe your father's been bad to you. Maybe you had a physical father. Maybe you had someone out here that wasn't the best example of a father or a mother. But God says to this, I want to be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and you shall be my daughters, says the Lord Almighty. The Bible says we're called joint heirs together with Christ. Romans 8, 17 says this. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. You might not have any money in your checkbook, but I got news for you. Your daddy owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That was free. The Bible says you're seated with him in heavenly places. You are royalty. You've been sitting around letting the devil tell you you ain't worth nothing. You've been sitting around letting the devil tell you that you'll never amount to nothing. You've been sitting around telling you don't come from nothing. But I got news for you today. You are royalty. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High. That ought to make you happy in this place this morning. The truth of who you are is not in the mirror. It's in who God says that you are. Pastor Mindy, a few few weeks ago or months ago, preached the mirror or the magnifying glass. Sorry, I started to say microscope. But when you look into the mirror, you see... What you see, you see your faults, you see your failures, you see your past, you see your regrets, you see those lines and marks all over your face right now that Botox can't take care of because you keep bringing it back over and over and over and over. So many times we look at the wrinkles on our face and, and you know what, who put the wrinkles on my face? Me. Because of the way that I've acted, the way that I've done, and the way that I've been. But the truth is not in the mirror. It's in who God says that you are. Number four, baptism is affirmation. God, listen to this. God made it a point to say, I am pleased with Jesus 
before he ever started doing anything. Come on. He hadn't done anything yet. He affirmed him before he ever started a ministry. He affirmed him before he ever healed anyone. He affirmed him before he ever performed a miracle. He, he, he loved him and called him before he had any followers and before he ever died on the cross or before he had ever done anything significant. And yet his father was pleased with him. Why? Because he was his son. You might have some... Kids out there acting cray-cray. That's still your boy. You might have some kids acting out there being crazy all over the place. That's still your girl. And God still looks at you sometimes, and he looks at me sometimes and says, Man, you're acting crazy. But you're still my son. I still love you. I'm going to spank you just a little bit, and I'm going to make you get back in line. Who the Lord loves, he corrects. When he stops correcting you, you're in trouble. What we do is we need to move forward. Jesus didn't have anything to prove. We need to move forward out of that same love of the Father, not in pursuit of it. All those things that we've been pursuing, the affirmation, the trying to be important, the trying to feel important, the wanting to be admired, to be thought of highly, you know, all that stuff is going to leave you empty if God is left out of the equation. We need to take an inventory of our lives. We need to take an inventory of our calendars. We need to take an inventory of our health. We need, we need to know that affirmation is not from people. People can affirm you, but God approves you. We're looking for the affirmation of men, and sometimes men will let you down. We'll all let you down. But listen, if you got God approving you, you won't ever have to worry about it. He will never let you down. You can't look for affirmation in our material things. We live in a very stuff-oriented world. Got a big house. I got three or four cars. I got a boat. I don't have a boat. Can I borrow yours? Uh, you better not let me borrow your boat. You might not ever get it back. It might sink. Okay, let's go. You can't find your affirmation in material things. Listen to what Matthew 16, 26 says. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world? You get the job you're looking for. You have the house you want to live in. You're driving the car you want to drive. What does it, it profit a man if you gain the whole world and you lose your own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? At the end of your life, you're not going to be looking at how many digits you had in your account. You're not. At the end of your life, you're going to be looking back and saying, man, I wish I would have done this. I wish I'd have gone there. But listen to this. Affirmation, it will all leave you empty. It does not come from titles or positions. It doesn't come from climbing the corporate ladder. This will leave you empty if God's out of it. Is, be, is being busy connected to your worth? She preached a few weeks ago about being busy. Is it connected to who you are and what you're worth? Are you guilty of being busy but not actually pursuing things that are, all, that are worthwhile? So many times we live our life busy, but we're not really doing anything. The difference between Jesus and us is his affirmation didn't come from achievements. It didn't come from connections. It didn't come from things. It came from who he was. 
That's why, listen, we have to re reaffirm ourselves each and every day. We got to say, we got to look in that mirror instead of seeing that painful past, instead of seeing those wrinkles from all the mistakes that I've made or you've made. We have to look in that mirror and we got to say, God really does love me. God really does care about me. And we can rest like Jesus when we start getting an attitude of that. Why? Because value is not the result of doing, but it's in whose that we are. That ain't saying you don't got to do anything. You still got to do the work. I'm a little lazy sometimes. I still have to do the work. Salvation is the key, but number six, number five, baptism is the step. When you get saved, we can feel that change on the inside. And it's easy for us to say, well, I'm going to change. I'm going to change. I've said that in my life. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to change. I'm going to change. But it's easy to say that. But when a trial or when a temptation comes, we find ourselves faltering and failing. It's a greater challenge to live for Jesus daily. More, more often than not, we stumble. More often than not, we get defeated. More often than not, we feel like we really can't change. A lot of times, the enemy comes to you and he says, you'll never, ever change. And the, the problem about it, we start listening to the lies of the enemy. And when we do that, we listen and we go back to the old lifestyle. But listen, baptism takes you from salvation to public accountability. Baptism means this. It means you say, I do. You publicly profess your faith. You make it official on Facebook. Come on, you know if it's on Facebook, it's official, right? It's got to be true if it's on Facebook. But what we need to do, instead of saying it on Facebook, and so we got to start saying it's not a relationship. I'm in now. I'm in the relationship. You could be in a relationship, and a relationship will let you down. A relationship will never fulfill you. But when you get in the relationship, it'll change everything. You once were, when you get baptized, you once were dating God. Married. Listen, salvation is that too. I don't hear all you hypocrites out there throwing stuff at me. When you come to know Jesus, you ask forgiveness, you're saved. But that public thing says, I do, and, and I'm going to walk this thing out. It tells people that you, you seal it with an act of obedience. It helps you to ground you in your faith. And it tells everyone that you intend to walk this thing out. But let me tell you what happens. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean that sometimes you won't struggle. It doesn't mean that you don't need help. Because if you need help, get some help. Listen, we can't be so prideful. We can't be so down. You know, in myself, I, I follow with pride sometimes. But we can't be so prideful we don't ask somebody for help if we need it. Because there are some struggles out there right now that you're not easily overcoming. You're allowing it to come, but also you're coming into it and you... Let me go on. What does it mean when you get some help? It means you have a friend who will stick closer than a brother. You have a guide that's going to lead you and guide you wherever you want. That's called the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost of God. Most of all, you need to know that you have a God that loves you. I think so many times we lose our identity is because we don't know whose we are. Number six, baptism is a symbol. Going under the water 
is being buried with Christ. But the thing about being buried with Christ and Christ's burial, guess what? He didn't stay in the grave. He's alive this morning. Come on, can you feel him in your heart? He's alive this morning. It wasn't just because we had good worship. He's alive and well in you today. He didn't stay in the grave. So many times we go down and we want to stay in the same old situation that we've always been in. God said, you go down one way, I want you to come up a new way. You're rising again to new life. Coming out of the grave to a new life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Baptism is not a ritual, it's a new birth. When we give our lives to Jesus, what he does, he transforms us. He changes us from the inside out. And so many times, he doesn't just roll back the odometer. Y'all remember the used car salesman that used to get the 150,000 mile car? And he'd roll it back to about 80. Come on, y'all don't, you know. Y'all probably bought one of those cars, you didn't even know it. He doesn't roll back your odometer. He makes you new. He doesn't just put a little bit over top of this and try to cosmetic that. He makes you new. You have to follow his example. Here it is. Jesus had to be baptized, but he was sinless. Jesus didn't have to be baptized because he was sinless. Jesus didn't have to go to the cross either, but he did. He gave us an example. He showed us. Instead of talking about it, he was being about it. That's my wife's favorite thing to say, especially to me. And I need it 100% of the time. He gave us the example. So why should we get baptized? For submission, for obedience, and for that outward sign that you're making a commitment to Christ. Let's all stand if we would, please. Next week is Baptism Sunday. And if you've not been baptized, you've not made that next step of faith, I'm going to ask you to sign up at the Connect Center. If you feel like you just need a redunk or you just want to get a freshness, there's a fresh fire that God wants to pull, put out on us right now. There's a fresh baptism. But maybe you feel like you're sinking today. Maybe you feel like you're drowning today. But listen to me. Whatever you immerse yourself in, you're going to come up ass. If you keep immersing yourself in the same old junk you've always immersed yourself in, the past, the regrets, the, the shame, the, uh, just the sin, you're going to come up feeling guilty and shameful all the time. But when you immerse yourself in prayer, when you immerse yourself in God's word, and when you immerse yourself in relationships with people who want to grow with you, God's going to do something big in that. What looked like it was about to drown you, you can walk on. Peter was walking, saw Jesus on the boat. And he said, hey, if it's you, Jesus, call me and let me come to you. So Peter hopped out of the boat. He was in the middle of the sea. And he started walking on the water. But what happened? As long as, Jesus, as, long as Peter was looking at Jesus... He was fine. 
But when he started looking at the winds, he started looking at the waves, he started looking at the circumstances, he started looking at the situation, he started looking at the past, he started looking at regrets, he started looking at everything around him, he started to sink. So many times God says, I want you to walk on the water with me. But you got to look at me. you got to keep your eyes focused on me. Next week is Baptism Sunday. If you've never taken, listen, baptism is good. Salvation is what you need. If you've never taken that step of salvation, can I just tell you, today is the day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. Not next week, not next month or next year. The Bible also says you're not promised tomorrow. God is calling you to salvation. If you don't have that, re that relationship with Jesus Christ, today is your day. There are going to be people on the left and the right over here to pray with you. And I'm going to come down front here. If you need prayer for salvation, if you need prayer, you just come and get what your needs are. The prayer team will be here. God is calling you today. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.